with every day you don't find a supplier, you will learn something valuable. So you just need to keep going until, until it happens. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me every Tuesday and Friday when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice on making in the UK. Let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 86 of the Make It British podcast. So on today's episode, I am interviewing Pippa Dubinsky, who has a fantastic brand called The Little Art Collection. Now, if you listen to my episode, the previous episode to this, episode 85, when I talked about how it's so important to only launch with one signature product right from the start, you'd almost think that I planned this with having having Pippa on the podcast today because she really does do exactly what I recommended last week, which is that she launched with just one product. She now has a range of products in her little art collection, but she really has got it nailed when it comes to launching and marketing a product. So in this episode, she has got some great advice for any new business who's starting out and who wants to make in the UK. In fact, it sounds like she wouldn't manufacture it anywhere else. So here you go, over to Pippa. So hello, Pippa. Thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. Um, so do you want to start off by telling everyone um, what your business is and um, how it came about? So we um, manufacture predominantly in the UK, um, 100% bamboo, baby essentials and baby gifts. So that's mainly muslins and swaddles. Um, but we have started to sort of diversify and move into other products like sleep suits and bibs. Um, and the business has been going for two years. Um, I think there's a sort of perception that you have to come up with a really kind of innovative wow idea to build a successful business. Yeah. So I spent quite a lot of time waiting for that, you know, that, that, that product that you see out there that's really cheap to make, really simple, <laughs> um, and, and solves lots of problems. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but that never came. Um, and I, um, I was on maternity leave during that kind of process. And then I went back to work um, and I started to kind of think of the problem the other way around and think about markets that I could relate to. And obviously as a new mum, mums was a market I felt sort of comfortable in. Mm. Um, and then I started to think about my own kind of observations as a first time mum. And I was just absolutely bowled over by the number of gifts I got um, for my first child. And I, you know, it's, it's been the same for all my friends and family. Um, you know, you kind of get presents from friends of friends of friends and friends of family. And, um, you know, I just wasn't expecting it. Um, and you know, muslin squares, something that I'd never heard of before I realized were incredibly useful. Um, and also kind of shopping for baby clothes, um, and baby essentials for the first time. Um, I, you know, at the time I was kind of shopping in on, on the high street, but I was kind of really uninspired by by the designs and the patterns, and I couldn't really kind of understand why more effort wasn't put into them. Um, so I kind of pulled all these thoughts together, and you know, thought, well, why don't I just make something really beautiful? You know, the best, the best it can be, something really practical um, that people might like to give as gifts. Um, 
and then kind of in terms of the the design element the the art element so all of our essentials um have been created in collaboration with different british artists um yeah. and that's that's kind of our you know one of the core parts of our identity um and that was a bit of a penny drop moment in that i saw l grafton's butterfly artwork so we've got a big blue butterfly um mm. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Well, I saw that on my social feed and I just thought, why not? You know, why why are we talking about giraffes and lions? Why are we not celebrating what we have right here in, in England? Um, and I thought it's a really nice way to sort of stamp a bit of identity onto it and also to offer a variety. You know, having lots of different artists not only adds a story, but also offers a lot of choice. Um, and also, I just really like the kind of symbiotic nature of it. So, you know, promoting our artists online and um, on products and, you know, using their work to, to make something beautiful. Um, so that's so sort of what, how I happened across it. <laughs> so what was your background beforehand? Because you weren't in a product related area specifically beforehand. No. So I was in marketing um, for sort of 10 plus years um, and I think I read a really good book. I can't remember the name of it, but, um, you know, it was talking about recognizing your strengths and weaknesses when you're going into starting something up. And I think that's really important. Um, yeah. You know, being really honest with yourself. What am I good at? What am I not good at? Because there's always a temptation to sort of spend hours trying to do something um, that you really know nothing about and, and you're mm. probably not going to do a very good job of. Um, so, you know, I think, you you're playing to your strengths and 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 realizing when actually you're better off just getting a freelancer. I mean, we use a lot of freelancers for things. Um, I was going to say, so obviously you're great at marketing and I'm sure selling as well with the product. What 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 have you outsourced? Who have you brought in? Um, so uh, the photography, <clears throat> a lot yeah. of our photography is done. Um, um, well, we've got various photographers that we use, um, but, you know, it's so important to get that right. And I think that's that's a, quite a common mistake. Um, you know, people yeah, trying, to do their own, trying to do their own photography. But, you know, if you're doing an e-commerce business, your your website is your shop window. Um, and it's yeah, worth, so true. It's so worth investing, um, you know, in, in, in getting beautiful photos done. Um and you know you can do you can do the product stuff yourself. Um, got a little studio that you know I'm in the process of sort of setting up, and you can do lots of the social media stuff yourself. But you know, in terms of lifestyle, I think it's really important to get that done properly. Mm. Um, and the branding, you know, I didn't didn't make I didn't design the logo. I found a freelance freelancer to do, to do that for me. Um, but I did go through the process of working out exactly what I wanted. Um, it was a really good book I used called, what was it called? Um, How to Build a Brand, I think it was called. Is that the Simon Middleton one? No. Where is it? Simon's been on the podcast a few times, uh, a couple of times, and he has, has he? written a fantastic book, How to Build a Brand, brand in 30 Days. Oh, no, I haven't read that one. It was called How to Style Your Brand by Fiona Humberstone. Ah, OK. I'll put a link to that in the show notes then. Yeah. I've not heard um, of that one. No, I, it was really a really enjoyable process. Um, and it kind of starts with your brand vision and what values you have and what you, what you want your customer to feel 
when they're interacting with your brand. And then it kind of takes you through the whole process of choosing colors um, until in the end, you, you know, you have a sort of a, a collection of, of pieces that sort of represent your initial, your initial vision. So it's a really, really great book. I really enjoyed it. Um, Brilliant. And I used that to kind of inform, you know, the packaging, for instance, I, I, I briefed that out to a freelancer didn't sort of design it myself I knew mm. kind of roughly what I wanted but um yeah there's lots of great freelancers out there uh, we use people per hour a lot so at what point did you decide that making in the UK was going to be part of your brand's DNA and how difficult did you find it to find the manufacturers for the products that you wanted to make um well I I wanted to make in the UK from the outset um, because it just felt a logical fit with kind of the concept for the business, which was creating something that was really premium quality. Um, And obviously in the UK, you know, the quality is very reliable. There's great craftsmanship. Um, You know, also the the idea of offering lots of variety to our customers. I wanted those short lead times um, to Mm. be able to be sort of reactive, not only stocking the shop, but also um, coming up with new ideas. Um, and then in terms of creating something unique, um, there aren't many people that make muslins here and certainly not printed muslins. No. So, um, you know, I really felt that was an opportunity to stand apart from the competition. And also just, um, you know, being British, sat comfortably with the idea of British art designs. Um, I did look overseas and I still do. I'd say about 95% of what we make um, on the range is made here. But, you know, bamboo is quite niche. And yeah. I, you have to kind of break your products down into component parts. You know, there are some parts that you can make here and there are some parts that, you know, you may have to make overseas. Um, But I... um, So did did you start with just the muslins to start with? I started with just the muslins because I had no textile experience. Um, And, you know, I I think it's very tempting to try and do too many things. Mm. Um, And it's best to just focus on one thing and do it really well. Exactly. Um, I did a whole podcast episode about that last week, actually. Yeah. Um, because it's so true. So many new business owners and new brands decide to make a whole huge collection and you can always branch into that later on. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I did quite a lot of shows as well when I first just was doing just the muslins and getting kind of feedback from customers. You know, you can really you just need to get one thing right first and then and then you can start sort of exploring other avenues. Um, but I, I did find it, I have to admit, the, the finding manufacturers um, element, given that I had no background in textiles or, or fashion, I found that really difficult. Um, and I, you know, I visited lots of trade shows. So I went to Make It British live, but it was it was Meet the Manufacturer, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you need to take sort of samples with you. I didn't have any samples, but I took competitor samples. And printing on bamboo, obviously being very niche, was was challenging everyone looked at me like I was completely mad um (laughs) and you know I went through lots of exhibitor guides and visited all of the websites and made lots and lots of inquiries I looked at international shows and did the same you know went on to their exhibitor lists and clicked through to all of their suppliers um and you know there is an element of luck as well I think um keeping your ear to the ground and asking around and sort of going on random excursions. Um, yeah, exactly. And also, you know, you, you do have to kiss a few frogs sometimes to find do. the manufacturer that's right for you. Oh, you do. And that was, you know, I think in terms of running samples, you've got to accept that you, you probably will run, a, you know, quite a few unsuccessful samples before you, you find the right partner. Um, but with every sample, you know, you learn something. 
Um, yeah. And I think that would be sort of my my piece of advice that you, you do have to be persistent. It isn't easy. People aren't just going to tell you where they make things because, you know, that's competitive advantage. But, you know, with every day you don't find a supplier, you will learn something valuable. So you just need to keep going until until it happens. Um, yeah, that's really wise advice. Mm. And do, do you think the fact that you are made in the UK with most of your products makes a big difference to your customers? I mean, what what are the advantages to your business of being made in the UK? I would say that I had underestimated how powerful the Made in in Britain message is. Um, And there is a huge willingness to support British businesses, um, small businesses, especially at the moment, um, a kind of all in it together mentality. Um, Mm. But in terms of how it kind of you know, for me, it's just, it's the, it's the brilliant quality. It's the easy communication. You know, it's so easy to build a relationship with your supplier and it's the fast turnaround times, as I said before. And I mean, I know you, you haven't mentioned drawbacks, but I think there's a perception that it's very expensive to, to create here. But, um, you know, once you've, if you're, if you're producing overseas, once you've, considered the sort of customs and the shipping costs and a broker if you're getting one to help you do that it, it doesn't actually work out to be much cheaper and I think the other thing is that if you are creating something really beautiful there will always be a customer for your product there will always be someone who appreciates the value of what what you're selling um so just That's don't so be true yeah, yeah don't don't be afraid to price how you need to to make it to make it work um brilliant and have you been able to um you know add premium um sort of levels to your collection as you've gone along uh, you know have you have you raised your prices since how long ago did you launch Pippa? um february 2017 so actually only a sort of a couple of years yeah, ago so only a couple of years um we have uh, sort of developed the product a little bit so just muslins and swaddles you know originally they came with an with a gift box and now they come with sort of optional gift boxes and some of the kind of packaging has has changed and the price has gone up or down a couple of pounds um but we have started to introduce some kind of more premium gift sets so um you know muslins or swaddles with bamboo sleep suits or um you know we've got a six piece set that has muslins and swaddles and bibs and teethers um and a bait and a sleep suit so we're sort of we're kind of growing the gifting section um but we you know there are quite a lot of people who who buy our product for themselves um so that's definitely an area that we'll be looking at um you know you get people who say oh we're out of the muslin stage now um and i guess we need to sort of move them out of the muslin stage into something else (laughs) yes and that is always the challenge isn't it is when you start off with a baby product is what can you supply those customers for the next stage of that child's journey yeah well I think the bamboo has definitely become quite a strong part of our identity um and and there aren't really many people um doing it in the UK um mm. so you know it doesn't have to be clothing I think there's an assumption that it has to be clothing but you know there's all sorts of things your children need so bedding um you know luxury baby bedding um or luxury toddler bedding or even luxury kids bedding you know there aren't really many people doing that there's a lot of kind of cheap and cheerful out there but you know so I guess we're, we're at the moment we're just testing different ideas um, to diversify and, and continuing to grow our kind of core, 
core range. I mean, at the moment, we only really operate in the UK, but as we grow, we'll obviously look to expand into other I was going to say, yes, what are your plans for exporting going forward because of mm. the value of the Made in the UK label, particularly yeah. with things like, you know, baby products and children's wear? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, we're quite popular in the US, but at the moment, you know, it's just sort of having a competitive offering, really, a competitively yeah. priced offering. So, you know, as we grow, we'll obviously be able to um, to sort of make sure that we have something that's appealing. Most of our customers at the moment are in the UK, but the shipping costs are just so um, high to get anything out abroad. Um, mm. And obviously, there's the trade side of things. And we don't really sell to trade at the moment, Um because I just want to get the, I want to establish the brand in its own right first. And I want to, you know, focus on the health of the business and make sure that we're, we're in a position to be able to do that and still make money. Um, and so, also, yeah, very wise. and also, you know, from a time perspective, if, you know, it really is just me running the business and you can't do everything. Um, so you need to sort of remain, remain focused and, and not run away with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, how many, now that you've expanded the range a bit more, how many different suppliers do you have in the UK? And how do you find managing all those suppliers? Um, oh, I don't know. I've used all sorts of people for different things. Probably got about, um, probably got about eight or nine, I'd say. Mm. Um, and do you get out to visit them? Uh, I've visited one or two, yeah. Um, but obviously with a two-year-old, um who isn't in nursery that much she only does a couple of mornings a week it does make life a bit difficult and actually last year I spent a lot of time doing consumer affairs which put a lot of pressure on the family um mm. so this year I kind of promised my husband that I would <laughs> stay at home a <laughs> well, little from bit more. home yeah that no that makes I mean that is one of the advantages in making in the UK though isn't it is that yes. the factories aren't too far away to go and visit very yes. different if you'd had the factories in China or something like that. Oh, yeah, completely. And also the communication. Um, and there's, you know, there's this trust thing as well. I mean, you, you can't help but sort of worry when you're kind of placing a massive order out in China. Um, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's quite scary. Um, but here, you know, you kind of you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get. So what one thing do you wish you'd done differently when it comes to developing the brand right from the start? Um, I think I probably been wish I'd been a bit kinder on myself um, because I, I, you know, I'm I'm really proud of what we've done. There isn't anything in terms of kind of the the brand that I would change or the products that I would change. I'm really, um, you know, I'm really proud of them. And every time I pack an order, I think, oh, this is really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. That's um, brilliant that you have was, that passion for your product. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but I, I was quite tough on myself, um, especially during the sort of year that I was looking for suppliers. Um, and, you know, everyone was asking, you know, is the business set up yet? Have you managed to do it yet? And I, I, you know, I really did bully myself a bit. Um, and, you know, I, 
I kind of wish that I hadn't. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's certainly what I say to people is it's always going to take so much longer than you think that those first product development steps mm. that you take, you know, people say in touch with me and say, I want to be launched by Christmas in time for a gift fair or something. And it's yeah. June and you think, you know, you know at least a year, 18 months before you can start yeah. retailing the products. Definitely. And, you know, you, you only get to do it once. So if it takes as long as it takes, really. So what are your plans going forward for the Little Art Collection? What's um, next? So I uh, sort of touched on that briefly. Um, I'd say the the focus, now we're kind of establishing our core range of muslins in our squaddles and we've got a, a collection of designs that I'm really, you know, happy with and we've got a few more coming. Um, we'll continue to sort of grow and, and expand that in the UK um, and, you know, and then out into other markets really and then it's 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 starting to look at other products that will appeal for slightly older children so that there's you know something for for our customers to move on to um mm. so that's sort of where we are and and um so yeah. when you develop a new product how do you test the market with it you, you mentioned you did consumer shows but you've sort of reined that in a bit because of lifestyle um lifestyle constraints how else yeah. do you test the market with new products um do a lot of social media um mm -hmm. i um i do give give some of them away um to get them reviewed um yeah i um test them with family and friends yeah um, they aren't always that honest i always think with that i always say to people with family and friends are always going to say they love it unless you've got oh, very critical family i've got some <laughs> quite critical friends um so i think i'm quite i'm quite lucky in that respect i suppose um and my skin has certainly toughened over over the years um but yeah i mean just i think you do have to um you do have to give a bit of product away at the beginning um and also i think it does take time for new products to bed in um mm. so there's been times where i've put things online and i thought oh that's that's a go at that one <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna be out the door in two seconds but they don't sort of um you know they they get buried away in the site they're not ranking properly on google um you know you think you've told your customers that they're there but most of your customers don't know that they're there um and so i think you do need to give give new products is sort of a good sort of year really um that's interesting that you say that yeah, yeah to to sort of pull through the other end um mm. and also it's a bit like what we were saying earlier you know so we're doing sleep suits at the moment and the next sleep suit that's coming out is going to be quite different to the sleep suits that are on the site at the moment and it's that learning that learning process that sort of refining it um you definitely need to allow time for that as well yeah no i mean that's that's the one thing that testing it and getting it getting the product out there i mean my background as a buyer and there's always something you think yeah everyone's gonna love that and mm. then um <laughs> you can't get it right with everything can you which is why i also say to people don't invest in too much stock yeah. to start with i mean your original investment in in sampling and stock because you were just making one product mm. um that how many did you have to buy when you first started out with your with your muslins um well i i started out printing on the roll so that has has made it really easy um yeah 
and that's kind of the benefit of of doing it here um but in terms of going offshore you know you'd be having to produce at least 100 pieces yeah oh that's good so you had the flexibility of producing less than that because it's just one roll of fabric yeah and that's you know that all kind of ties in with you know being able to be flexible and offer variety and play around with what we've got um Mm. So yeah, mm. I, I, you know, it, there, are, there is a huge benefit to making, making product here. Um, Good. I'm glad you said that, obviously, because that's what <laughs> this podcast is all about. And if you was, if there was someone else in your, in your shoes, in a similar position um, as you were when you first started out, what's the one piece of advice you would give them? Um, don't give up. I think probably be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to finding those manufacturers. Uh, especially when it comes to finding those manufacturers. And as I said earlier, you know, every day you don't achieve what you want to achieve. You're still learning something. Um, and also, I think, you know, just stay focused. You know, give yourself certain things that you're going to do. And that's even when the business has started up. You know, have a business plan. Make sure you know what you're focusing on now. Don't get sort of drawn off in lots of different directions just stick to one or two things that you're going to do and going to do really well um and yeah I think also you know especially if you're on your own you have days where you sort of doubt yourself and you just need to step away those days and start again the next day um you know on a fresh that's fantastic advice. <laughs> Pippa, you've got some real real gems there. I mean, I think um, you're doing, you know, from my perspective, you're doing all the right things and all the things that I often quite feel like I'm preaching to people on this podcast about <laughs> starting out with just one type of product. And it does take you a lot longer than you think to develop it and to find the manufacturers that you need and that sort of thing. So are mm. you 100% happy with the manufacturers you've got at the moment? Or I am, are you always yeah, looking no, for I others? Am. That's no, I am, but hear. I think you always have to, you always have to have your ear to the ground, really, um, because even if you have no intention of of moving anywhere, you know, you, you got you got to spot all the opportunities. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, and you never know something might happen to that particular manufacturer exactly. through no fault of their own, and yeah, sometimes places close down. Yeah. And, although in the UK, more are opening up than closing down. I think at the moment. Yeah. No yeah. plans down the line to set up your own manufacturing? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I I, would love to be in a position to do that. Um, yeah. And, you know, to print on demand and all those sorts of things. But um, mm. And to, you know, to have a sort of more personalised offering. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see where we go. <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space. Brilliant. Pippa, you're a fantastic interviewee. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> and I will put a link to um, to your website so people can see your beautiful products in the show notes for this episode. Thank um, you. And hope you, uh, hope you continue to thrive with your business. Thank you very much, Kate. for listening to the make it british podcast i make an episode every tuesday and friday plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally so don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live 
And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me a, just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.